only watch this movie because like I was suggesting it or did you guys already know about this movie? No, I've seen it. Um, I want to say I saw it shortly after it came out on DVD and Blu-ray or whatever because we rented it on Redbox, I believe. Oh, I didn't gotcha. see it in the theater. What year did this movie come out? 20, uh, 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty recent. But I was, yeah, it was one of those ones where I was kind of on the fence about it. So I was just like, oh, I mean, it looks, it looks all right. But, and then I, I just kind of forgot about it. So I didn't, I don't know if we saw it in theaters. I may have seen it like weeks later after it came out, but yeah, I was, I was actually pretty stoked for this movie because I mean, you know, it's, it, it's like a world war two movie, but how many world war two movies are there? There's like virtually none. I know, and this one, <laughs> yeah, totally, virtually not. And the, well, yeah. I, I think what I what I like about this one is that, um, you know, it throws some comedy in there, even though it's such a heavy topic. And mom actually watched like half of it with me, and so oh, I kept telling her like, it's a comedy, it's a comedy, you know. And then afterwards, I was like, yeah, so it's still pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of got those uh, life is beautiful vibes. Have you guys yeah. ever seen Life is Beautiful? I actually haven't, but oh. Do you know? Okay, well, just it's got Life is Beautiful vibes for sure. And that's also um, uh, a World War II pick, of which there are so few. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a damn <laughs> shame they don't, ma- they don't make more. Right. Actually, I'm, I'm kinda, now I'm kind of curious. Like, how many World War II movies can can even name, like, off the top of your head? Because I'm going oh to think of, like, two. <laughs> what? I know, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, if you put me on the spot like that, it's like, okay, Jojo Rabbit. Um, Schindler's List, Dunkirk, yeah. right? <laughs> that came out not too long Dunkirk, ago. Dunkirk, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Saving Private World Ryan. Oh shit! How could I forget about that? Um, I've actually never seen it because I'm not actually into war movies. But I keep Schindler's it's List, good. yeah. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. It's that's definitely sad. That's more like it's like super grounded. Yeah, and I realistic. know. I know what. It, what? Yeah, that's exactly why I don't really like war movies because they're usually really freaking sad. It's just like really depressing. Yeah. Like there's a lot of brown and there's a lot of death and. It's very drab for sure. Yeah. yeah. This one's definitely a lot of explosions uh, and screaming and pain and that's pretty much it. Yeah, explosions, screaming and pain. That's that's a war yeah. movie tied up in a nutshell. <laughs> with some, brown. with like a love story kind of tossed in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, uh, like Pearl Harbor. Like isn't oh, yeah, Pearl Oh, that's Harbor. another World War. II. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> definitely grows. That's definitely a love story for sure. Right, right. Um, oh, isn't uh, Steph? Isn't Atonement World War Two? <laughs> oh, I think you're right. So, yeah, sort of. World Maybe War it's II? World War One. It might actually be uh, World War One. Let me. There's several World War One. As, yeah, as if this is super important. Let me Google this real quick. <laughs> it's entirely. It's absolutely important. James McAvoy and Keira Knightley. Right. We knew that because that's the movie we're oh, talking yeah. about. Okay, so it's in 1935 England. So yeah, it would be World War Two. Oh, II. that's World War Two. Yeah. 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 I forget what it was. Was it you, Michael, that mentioned that um, if if arguments go long enough, they eventually just fall back on Nazis or something like that? <laughs> did you mention that? <laughs> Nazis. I feel, I feel like uh, – I think I did in, in, in sort of that – yeah, in a roundabout way I said that. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because if you think about it, I think it, if someone's trying to convince you of something or if they're trying to like get you to join their, their side of a debate – they all, it's like they always come to that common ground that like Nazis are bad. Everyone hates Nazis. So that's how I'm going to win you over. Oh, right, right. Exactly. Well, not even so much win over as win the win uh, the point as, as attacking somebody's character changes the truth from being the truth. You know what I mean? And, and so it's always it's an easy grab. I was saying when I was in film school uh, that one of the teachers was like, hey, if you if you want to make like a really if you want to do a, a, make a really simple 
very much hated uh, antagonist for whatever movie you want to do. Nazis. (laughs) You'll you'll always get like everyone to hate Nazis. So like he was like, look at Indiana Jones. Also, by the way, World War II film. Uh, Uh, Oh, shit. Indiana Jones. Nazis. It's a very easy. It's like a it's like a softball pitch. Like, there you go. I don't have to really try to make you hate this person. I don't have to build a Joker character who has to have like all these facets and really interesting and you love them and you hate them. It's just like, oh, these are Nazis. There you go. Hate them. There you go. And I wonder how and Germany feels about you know having produced like the most hated group of people ever in history. Man, they've got it's got to be quite a burden, honestly. I, I feel I like they, they they can't like just you guys are over it already, right? And like, no, no, I'm not quite. Yeah, it'll never yeah. be. They just always have to hang their heads whenever Nazis come up. You know, yeah. I, I feel like to this day, they still, like, out of everyone, they have zero tolerance for anything Nazi-related. Like, they just don't put up with that shit at all. And I think it, it is because they, they might be just so ashamed about it. Yeah, it sucks. It's a, <laughs> that's I mean, a scar, yeah. Yeah. Should, should we uh, get into it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's Let's jump My time in. is limited. Let's go. <laughs> all right. What up, everybody? Welcome to Affliction Hours Podcast, Episode 7. My name is Eric, and the other voices occupying your head this time are my one and only sister, Stephanie. Yo. And my good friend, Michael. Hey. Thanks for joining us. This is a monthly podcast where we mainly talk about films that range from mind-numbing to mind-blowing, or anything really we find entertaining. Occasionally, we may also cover TV shows or other forms of media. It goes without saying we will be getting into spoilers here, and there will be only the healthiest amount of expletives tossed in, so you have been warned. Now, if you ain't ready, then get ready, because in today's episode, we will be covering Joe, Joe, Rabbit! No doubt, no doubt. That's your boy, JoJo. That that little guy, he did such a good job. Cute little 10-year-old Nazi. Oh my Nazi. gosh, he did. He, he really did. When, when you guys first saw the movie, what was your your impression of it? Um, or even, <laughs> I guess even before you, you actually watched the movie, but like you saw the trailer for it, like you heard about it, <laughs> and you saw like a, a glimpse of what the movie was about. What did you guys initially think? Uh, I was like, what? Like, I was very confused. See, I was I, too. I, I didn't know what to think. Cause then the, the, the clip of Hitler, like dancing next to him, like the, the side of him as he's holding this grenade in his hand, <laughs> running through a forest. And he's like, yeah, I was like, oh, this is, it gives you the vibe that, yeah, it's going to be pretty lighthearted, but how the fuck do you be lighthearted about Hitler? With I was Hitler. like, yeah. I don't know what to think about this. So a question you asked a little bit earlier before the podcast, um, the, the taboo of the, of this movie and kind of what we were thinking before we saw the movie. Um, I was kind of on the fence about seeing it myself. I wanted to see it. And especially after seeing it won some Academy Awards or at least was nominated for them. Um, I was, I was more inclined to want to see it, even though I still felt like, I don't know when, I want to see it. I still kind of wanted to. So when you suggested it, I was like, wow. So last night was my first time actually seeing the movie. No, sure. uh, Yeah. And it was, it was so good. I was laughing and crying. (laughs) I was, it was, it was good. It has so much heart, this movie. Um, Yeah. I was, I actually, you know, saw the trailer when it was out in the theaters and everything. And um, similarly, I was like, uh, well, I mean, I could see that it's based on like the cast and stuff like that. I was like, okay, it's a comedy about nazis i was you know i was just kind of really confused about what what the heck it was about 
I, but otherwise I had no idea what the story is about. So going into it, when, when we did finally run, I did hear that it was good. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know? And mm. so when we did finally um, rent it and watch it, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess it, that's a, that's a uh, risky subject, a risky topic to go into, like making light of Nazis and stuff, you know? Um, oh, I imagine. I think yeah. it was, you know, done well. And the story was very good. And yeah. Um, of course, there, you got to have the requisite amount of sadness in there. And of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll do like a quick um, synopsis of the movie just to, just to provide that to the, the listeners here. So Johannes or Jojo Betzler, a 10-year-old Hitler youth member who finds out that his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. Um, he must then question his beliefs while dealing with the an intervention of his imaginary friend, a fanciful version of Adolf Hitler with the comedic stance on the politics of war. So yeah, when I saw the, the trailer for it, uh, like Michael was saying, you know, you see, you see uh, this portrayal of Adolf being really goofy and, and uh, humorous. Right. And that, I think that's almost what I, I keep coming back to is, how refreshing this movie felt because it's not like any other world war two movie out there because as we're, as we're joking before, this is the only world war two movie ever made. (laughs) No, no, it's, it definitely doesn't feel like any other world war two movie. And especially one that, that shows you the side of the Nazi Germany, you know, and you got, you got Jojo who's um, seemingly both of the parents seem like they, they, uh, they have pretty high ranking positions or whatever within the Nazi party. And uh, you don't ever see the dad, but um, the mom, you know, she sees Jojo run around in his uniform and, and saying, Heil Hitler to, to everyone. And she, you know, she's just like, eh, that's my boy. You know, he's just, he's doing his thing. He's growing up. And, but she, does, she's not ever like trying to push more Nazism onto him or she's not telling him to like, cut back on it either you know she's just kind of letting him figure himself out you know that's that's like towards the end that you you find out a little bit more about his mom but um yeah i just i felt like the the stance that they were taking with this movie it was very risky like you're saying stuff and actually going into the uh kind of story of how this movie was made there there actually is a lot of struggle to get this movie uh, actually created because of the the subject matter you know the, this movie came out in 2019 directed by Taika Waititi and this movie was actually based off of a uh, Christine Lunin's 2008 novel called Caging Skies which was intro- introduced to Waititi by his mother Robin Cohen hmm. and the screenplay was actually written by Taika way back in 2011 hmm. and it wouldn't actually be completed. Actually, it wouldn't have actually be released until eight years later. And that, that wasn't because he just kind of like wrote the screenplay and then sat on it. He was after he, he read caging skies, he, he wrote the script and then he was trying to pitch it to studios and everyone was just like, nah, like as soon as they found out, that it was about, you know, like it, it was a, it was like a dark comedy about um, Nazi Germany, and it portrayed Adolf in this this uh, light that uh, was a the little humorous. bit more humorous. Yeah, it was it was lighthearted, and people were like, "No, nah, I don't want to touch that. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's super risky." 
a somewhat likable Hitler. We're not supposed to think he's a human being. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Was the book and a comedy too? It was, yeah. So it was – I think that's what initially drew in Taika to it because he he read the novel and it it's pretty much the the same exact story as Jojo Rabbit. As sa- same character names and everything and um, it also portrayed Adolf a little bit lighter and he thought that was just such a fascinating idea. And, you know, I, I want to say like shout out to, to Taika because he he's doing stuff that like no one else wants to touch. You know, he's – He's challenging himself and he's challenging the status quo. And I I can appreciate that. Yeah. I wonder if it was um, only after he, you know, had a little bit of success that he, that someone was able to, you know, he was able to finally get somebody to pick that one up. You know, some people, some people were saying, did, did he only get this movie made because of the stuff that he, he did for the other movies, but he was saying that um, people actually started to show interest in the script even before he did the Thor movie Ragnarok. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the movies that really put him on the map because for oh, me, yeah. I thought Ragnarok was excellent. I, I thought so too. And, and his, the, the, the comic relief, he, he was phenomenal. He just came out of nowhere. I forget mm-hmm. his character's name, but, but um, hilarious that rock, the rock dude. <laughs> rock dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, remember his name either, but, uh, but that, that humor, definitely shined it was unbelievable that's why it was uh, i don't know i was i was so caught off guard by the the movie and of course it starts off uh, jojo rabbit that is starts off with like that propaganda the nazi propaganda mm-hmm. um and so these and, and these people you know hiling and saluting and just all this black and white footage so it really sets this this tone what we've seen They're stuff we've seen before like fangirls and stuff right right everybody <laughs> just celebrating it but it really shows how um how brainwashed these people oh yeah were oh, they were certain, they were completely indoctrinated for sure indoctrinated right but it became uh, culturally yeah, i don't know it's just everybody was accepting it you wanted to do this because it seemed like it was the best thing to do at least for the younger more impressionable people which of course jojo was obviously you think back uh, and there's a and yet another world war ii movie um valkyrie right not not every german was a nazi it's important that that also be understood yeah. as well not everybody backed the the nazi movement so that's so, the thing too is that that character he and i think they actually uh, mention it briefly in do. the in the movie which i immediately picked up on because i'm like i'm like wait that name sounds familiar and i looked up that movie valkyrie with tom cruise and mm-hmm. i was like yeah that was the character he was like he's like yeah some asshole tried to blow me up but he failed you know something like that <laughs> and i made, and, and it worked out because i made them think that i was dead and then I, we found out all the other traitors you know <laughs> But yeah, he was he was an actual Nazi officer. He was allowed in that war room with Adolf, you know. And but even though he was a he was a pretty high ranking uh, Nazi officer, he wasn't necessarily all for Adolf or all for Nazi Germany. There yeah, were there were people in there that were like, I don't, yeah, I don't believe in this. To the general population, it seemed like this was the thing to do, and that's why it's like um, it, it, to be a naysayer, of course, would mean to be hung right or, or or shot killed basically mm. if you were um not for the movement you were against it so they had yeah. to be quiet so so of course children are going to see the news and they're going to see everybody else saying yeah you know this is the way to be this is the way to live your life this is you know the the and so they have all these 
misconceptions well, that's a dictatorship Jewish- for you you know right. like they 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 think that they get loyalty through fear well at least through censorship if you shut up the people that are your opposition well then they only hear the one side of your your story <laughs> and uh then yeah then you get that situation where terrible things happen. Did you guys feel at all uncomfortable when you first saw Adolf being so so funny and and humorous? I feel like I got it pretty quick. Like I mean, I could, I could tell. I mean, since he was there and stuff, and you know, you could kind of tell right away that that was his basically imaginary friend. I don't think anyone actually thought. Hopefully that he hung out with Hitler. <laughs> you know, I w- I actually wasn't sure about that until uh, I think a little bit more into the movie. That because he he would kind of disappear like in the next frame he would be gone you know and so that's what told me like okay he's he, he's imagining it I thought it was he actually did have like a maybe a close relationship with Adolf and he would like come to the house or maybe he was like I don't know like related to Adolf somehow hmm. oh that's Uncle Adolf but I yeah in the next scene I think that's when you get a sense that okay this is like his interpretation of Adolf, that's like his imaginary friend, you know? Right. right. You're like, I didn't get it until he threw himself out the window. That I was immediately <laughs> thinking of that, that part too, right? <laughs> oh, they were having something over for dinner. I forget what it was like. Unicorn. Was that what it was? Then he oh yeah. They're the having window. unicorn meat for dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta go. Woo. Yeah, so exactly. ridiculous. He imagines Adolf Hitler eating unicorn meat at home. Yeah, this, you yeah. know, the way that they they portray just that childhood innocence and and how over the top that their imagination is, you know, and and their way of thinking. Like he this is all obviously like a conversation he's having with himself in his mind, right? So right, right. He's, he's just yeah. like what what does Adolf like to eat? Unicorn meat. And he's just like making shit up off the top of his head and this is just <laughs> all within JoJo's imagination and for me the movie it was overall like just the broad story it seemed like it was kind of in the same vein as The Boy in the Striped Pajamas which is you know it it shows that the the child innocence where you got this war waging on but they don't have a grasp of exactly what what's happening or why it's happening. They're just like, okay, well, people tell me, yeah, you know, people are fighting or whatever. Jews are bad. You know, I have no reason to to not believe what they tell me. You know, obviously they're adults. They they know the truth, and so you know, they just they just kind of go with it, and they just they're taught from a young age that you know they they want to be a Nazi soldier and they want to serve in the their military, and you know, Adolf is the leader and. He, he kind of has this cult of personality, like no one talks ill about him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, But, you know, obviously this is much more lighthearted than Boy in the Striped Pajamas. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie or read no. the book. Is that another one no. of those World War II movies yeah. of the very, very few that exist? <laughs> you know, I I don't know where these uh, these few and far between World War II movies are coming from, but <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be popping up out of the woodwork. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, what'd you guys think of the cast of the movie? I, I actually, I really liked it. Um, I think everyone did a good job. I really liked uh, Scarlett Johansson's, you know, mom. <laughs> I really like, yeah, I thought she was a, a good mom. Like, what, what'd you think about it, Michael? Yeah, I thought it was 
I thought it was really well cast. Of course, you know, I'm very partial. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for Sam Rockwell. He's just a badass. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, and they come out right out the gate with him shooting, <laughs> standing on the stage and just being so disgruntled because he <laughs> got Dude, his he like hates his up. life, right? He does. He does. <laughs> but he like has yeah, a good time while he's on stage, just like shooting a rifle one handed and then <laughs> shooting under his legs and the kids all celebrating. <laughs> and like, my Rebel favorite Wilson's moment character. was uh, <laughs> when Jesus. he got his uniform. Form at the end. Oh, oh he was right, like designing yeah. it, he's right? Like, like he's like yeah, standing there all like, regal, and he's just like, the feathers are blowing with one foot up and stuff, and yeah, the big old dude, um, so stupid. The face of the big old speaker. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the way uh, the way he drew it, it looked like a kid's drawing and everything, and at and the then end, he, he was- actually makes it reality. <laughs> Like at some point, Jojo was like, really? Like, that's what you, and he was just like, you don't understand. He like rips it away. He's just like, he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like he, he he's gets all like, he's just like, wait, you know, like he's, he's really defensive of his drawings and his designs. <laughs> he, he almost like wants to be like, like a fashion designer or something. Right. But right. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if you knew this stuff, but Michael is a, is a pretty big fan of Sam Rockwell. So I, I definitely needed to do a shout out to your boy, Sam <laughs> to Rockwell. To your boy, Sam Rockwell. Holla. But, I guess, uh, got, that guy's yeah, got moves. JoJo was, I, I thought that was a, a great casting decision. JoJo is such an endearing character. And, you know, he's, uh, you just want to follow along on this journey, right? And you want to mm-hmm. see uh, where he and like his imaginary Adolf like take you. He's really and, adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's charismatic as well. Like I, I feel like mm-hmm. he emotes really well. You know, he's in those comedic scenes as well as the dramatic scenes. He's he's just knocking out of the park. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Great little, cute little guy. Great little actor. Great character. Yeah. Rebel Wilson, of course. You know, like she was freaking hilarious. Oh my gosh, hilarious! Just the shit she was saying behind <laughs> as they like walked in the room. Like I, I forget, she walks in the room while they're talking, the three of them, and uh, she says something about somebody getting. Yeah, it's true. My cousin, he uh, he met somebody, and you know they ate him, and then yeah. and then like and then oh, like the Sam Rockwell, so, yeah, the Jews, yeah, a Jew, a Jew, a Jew ate him, and then like she, yeah, what what is it? Uh, he she they he had some Russian friends, and then they ate him. That's right. The Russian friends. That's what it was. Russian friends. And then they ate him. And then he like, Sam Rockwell looks back at the guy that plays Theon Greyjoy. And he's just like, what the <laughs> hell's up with... <laughs> Even like how she, she just like casually has these one, one liners throughout the movie. So she was oh. just like, I had like 15 kids for, for Germany or something 18, like that. Yeah, this body's 18. had 18 kids. 18. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this, this body's still holding up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too funny. You know, she, she was great. Obviously Scarlet was so wonderful she she was she was wonderful and yeah like her her character um it just shows that that, that's the person who brought this boy up to to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. um thoughtful you know she was endearing he's yeah because he's he's not as convicted as he at first seems to be in the in the beginning of the movie especially when he's even when when you look back and he's and he's trying to say Heil Hitler and, and, and Hitler's like what that's not a that's what who's Hitler you know <laughs> so he has him repeated and everything but he's Heil not me. Yeah, Heil exactly, me. Heil me. Heil me. but he's not he's not as convicted so it takes time for him mm. and I feel like that's a reveal as well and then when they go to the camp and he's tasked with you know being more violent i noticed that and they're burning the books and you can really see him mm. like staring at the flame and everyone else is just gung-ho yeah but yeah, he's just, having a good time you see this look of kind of disillusion disillusionment on his face like what's really happening right now you know I love how it was mm. like a summer camp they had their bonfire of books and 
all the little fun games that they're playing teaching them how to be violent. Right, right. Kill even rat, the kill uh, the di- the differences. Oh, I, I really quick. Um, it's funny that you guys both really liked Scarlet's character because that was uh, a big point in the movie that Taika wanted to to really convey was that when he created this movie, um, he he considers jojo rabbit a love letter to all mothers and it's because he grew up with a a loving mother and so he wanted to really have a that be prominent in this movie you know a a loving mother character present in the film Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like you know being a mom and stuff um i guess i could relate (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah when when he discovers her when you know when she was killed and stuff I was oh. like, oh man, the heartstrings. What? Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was not part of the not World War II movie. I saw the abridged version, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also didn't want to forget Yorkie, JoJo's best friend. Dude, that kid was such so a cute. cute. Kid. And so, so funny. So smart, but so intelligent. Like such a... Gosh, and, and, and it's funny too because... Right away, I saw this little chubby boy with his glasses, and and I don't know <laughs> the little you guys, squinty eyes, right? You're right, but if, I don't know <laughs> if you so guys happy. Are, yeah, happy. <laughs> He's just so different than the. Uh, there's another character. I don't know if you um if you guys have ever seen the movie or read the book Lord of the Flies, but mm-hmm. there's a little boy in there named named Piggy. So you you have seen it or, or read it? I I had yeah I had to read it in high school. <laughs> you did, okay. Yeah, it's like that boy. Immediately when I saw him, I thought of that boy and how kind of victimized he was in that in Lord of the Flies. And this boy is so different. I don't know. It just immediately I saw that and I thought, oh, it's just like the same age as the boy in Lord of the Flies. But he's just this adorable kid who does survive to the end of the you know past the end of the movie or whatever. But I, I was happy to see that. That that may have been one of my favorite parts of the entire movie was just their friendship. Their adorable friendship between jojo and yorkie like every yeah. time they hugged it was so wholesome and i'm just like it just yeah. makes you happy you know yeah. yeah it was really cute i i loved it at the end though i was like oh that kid that kid can't die and then he was like i guess i can't die and i was like see <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no that was so good but like that was so cute I, I, I love how intel- just how interesting how intelligent he was when he's like telling when he finally confesses like I'm in love with the I, I do I still I have that Jew that I captured uh, and I'm in love with her and he's like well you know the war's ending soon and he's like things are different now you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he's like he takes, was he, he was just, just really on, doesn't judge he was really friend, supportive just, of JoJo no matter yeah, what yeah, yeah. yeah he was just so yeah. happy he wasn't like a Jew he was like oh you got a girlfriend <laughs> yeah exactly right exactly he just thought he just. And he wasn't like, you know, maybe you'll teach her to not be so Jewish no, right, over exactly. time. Like he was no. just like, no, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Do your yeah. thing. No, he was adorable. <laughs> but yeah, um, with with like their little summer camp thing and like the training, like the youth groups we write for for um, the kids to start getting into and serving the Nazi party and all that. Um, what'd you guys think of like the differences with the genders? Because it's like the, the boys were all like, you guys are going to get taught how to like shoot guns and throw grenades. And the women, you're going to learn how to like make the bed and get pregnant. And the, <laughs> and like, so the boys are like, yeah. And the girls are like, man, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, boring. <laughs> yeah. This seemed about right. It's kind of even now sometimes. And like the stuff that like, they're straight up like, day one they're giving the boys all like knives and shit and guaranteed like those boys would have been like 
falling on their knives and like throwing knives into each other and whatnot. Well, like that kid you know? does. He throws it and hits the tri- <laughs> at the tree and it bounces back <laughs> into another kid's leg. He's like, ah, <laughs> and it just cuts away to like, hey, well, it's just, we're not going to even bother with exactly. Yeah, they have just... all been stabbing each other. It was like day yeah. two. They're like learning how to throw pipe bombs and shit. <laughs> right, right. Those old school ones. Man, the worst thing that could happen did happen. It just bounced right back at him. That was. That's pretty wild. And oh, see, um, don't do that. <laughs> like, don't do. Flies he across he the like screen. wasn't even concerned. He was just like, "So kids, uh, let that be a lesson to you. Don't don't yeah. throw grenades like that." Yeah, don't do that. Um, how, do you guys remember how JoJo got his name, JoJo Rabbit? Right, of course. Yes, because they they uh, called him a coward like a rabbit, and so they were calling him JoJo JoJo the Rabbit. Yeah, they're trying to have him kill the rabbit, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like this adorable thing, and he's like actually holding this like real life rabbit, and he's like petting it, and he's like, I can't kill this thing. Look how adorable it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tries to set it down so that it will run away, and tells it. Go, oh go. yeah, he's trying to shoot it away. He's like, go go go. The the bullies, right? Like, are, I think they're supposed to almost be like trainers or something. Are they? They're kind of teaching the kids like how to hunt. Yeah, or what, they're like they're basically. It's like in any camp, you have those camp counselors, basically kids that have maybe gone through that program already and know what what the ropes are, so they can okay. they can show the younger people who were like them at one time how things go. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I remember hearing some people complaining about the movie. One one of the few complaints I might add, this movie shines light on toxic masculinity just in general and stuff like that i personally didn't see it that way i felt like these were actual survival skills that they're trying to teach them i wouldn't think of it as like toxic masculinity like yeah you got to be rough and gruff and you got to kill rabbits and shit to be a man i for them if you're stuck out in the woods like you got to learn how to survive this is almost like boy scouts in a way to a certain extent, but I could see the toxic masculinity argument in in those very scenes where they're trying to get him as older boys to to, to kill this bunny, this rabbit, um, and making it seem like that is what masculinity is is killing this rabbit. But I don't think it does. I, I think it 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 completely juxtaposes toxic toxic masculinity with with in essence like a, a more thoughtful, more virtuous masculinity where taking innocent life doesn't make you a man. And mm-hmm. you see that Jojo becomes the man of the house when he is, he has to leave camp and comes back home to be with his mom. So, sure. you know, and he does the best he can, but he's being a man is about figuring things out. And it's about questioning your reality. Like I, like I was saying before, <laughs> it's <laughs> about again. questioning your reality. Right. Exactly. So he, he goes, he bucks against what is uh commonly or not even, I don't know if it's common so much as just at least at that time in that very specific era, and it That's may what have, everyone believed. Right, exactly. It may have been more than just that, but at least in the movie, it was those boys <laughs> trying to show him what it means to be a man. You got to do this and you got to kill these things. And so, um, yeah, no, I thought that that was, that was awesome. Also, just wanted, before we move forward, just to touch on Thomason. Thomason being the girl that plays Inga. Um, oh, Elsa. How, wanna, how could we yeah, forget about Elsa? Elsa? There it is, yeah. yeah. Elsa, she Wait, was... Wait, even I before thought, you go there, I have to mention that... Um, even past the whole, you know, Jojo being a coward like a rabbit and him getting the nickname from that. Then he goes on to convince himself through his best friend, Hitler, that um, hmm. the rabbit is the most courageous animal. And so I think that's right. what it's really about. Mm. There it's it is. Jojo, the courageous rabbit, you know? Mm. Yep. Yeah. They, they, they were almost using it as a way to make fun of him, but he turns it around and he embraces it. Exactly. Right, right. And loves it. Yeah. I thought that was actually really, really interesting. I'm glad she 
mention that because yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely brilliant. And, and of course, you know that he's the one. <laughs> this is his imaginary friend Hitler telling him these things, and so he he takes it takes it to heart. Yep. So many yeah, people. And, and, and thanks for bringing up Elsa too, because I, yeah, I totally forgot about that character, but you know, at some point we're going to be like, oh yeah, you know, the, the Jew girl in the wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not, not talk on about that because I feel like her level of acting, I think her, 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 the, I don't know, the charisma she brings to the role and the gravitas as well. I, I just, I felt she did a great it, job. You know? She did yeah. a phenomenal job and, and just, the way she articulated, because she, you know, everybody in this movie, I, I don't know about everybody, but there were characters who are, are, are actors who are not of German descent and they're mm. having their own, their own German accents or whatever from that mm. area. And, you know, she's got a, um, I don't know if you've heard her speak outside of it, outside of this I movie, haven't. but she has a pretty strong, uh, New Zealand accent. Oh, is she, she's from, she's a Kiwi, huh? Yeah. She's, she's from Kiwi. Mm-hmm. New Zealand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, gotcha. and I didn't know that either, but when like I, Taika. yeah, when I heard yeah. the interviews, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, wow. So, um, does a great job, uh, just in her articulation of the words, but, but really it's, it's, there's so much heart there. She's really trying, you can tell she's trying to protect herself. She doesn't want to get caught. And so she's, she's so sharp witted in getting him in finding the thing that gets him to shut up about her being there. <laughs> That oh, um, yeah. I thought was so ingenious. She was so cunning. To she do knows that. that he's a child, so she was like, "I, I have to kind of like uh, understand his way of thinking." And you know, like if she, she almost convinces him, like, "Yeah, you don't want people to find out that you have a Jew in the wall, so uh, you better keep this quiet." She had a smart. It was a smart play, though, because it's true. Just to be associated with one, to have, to even to have the mother uh, be associated with one. If not, if he didn't, if not for himself for his mom yeah and i didn't hold it against her because she she kind of used as leverage on jojo she threatened to to rat his mom out but you know she i think all in all we knew that she wasn't if it came down to it she wouldn't do that i I don't think she had that in her to be like yeah you know uh that woman right there was the one that was hiding me the whole time i think i think she probably would have just played off like i broke in and i just hid without them knowing and even then, though, they they were so brutal that they probably would have taken her out anyway. Mm, maybe, yeah. Just to show. I think I forget who who I think it was Sam Rockwell's character <laughs> said something like like when, when he asked one of the one of the times when Jojo asks him, like, what if you found a you know, what if you found a Jewish person? And she was like, he was like, well, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Didn't he like he wouldn't be able to tell. Well, he says, well, there's that. But he's like, he's like, well, if you did, though, like, the, you know. Well, say you could or whatever. Like, well, when they when you do, then they'll then they'll kill that person and they'll kill anybody else that had the, that was in the house with them that was holding them there, and then maybe a few other people just to you know because I forget what he says, but it's like just because you know for reasons they'll kill more people. And he there was a lot of truth to that too because there was like zero tolerance for all that shit, you know. But even in uh, oh <laughs> in Glorious Bastards, yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that before, but. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh, and Glorious Bastards, um, you know, that the whole intro, that was like such a, a tense scene when, you know, they're, oh, they're looking gosh, for the, right. the Jewish people being stored underneath the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you think that, um, you know, they're, they're going to get away without them finding out. And, and that the owner of the house, you know, the head of the household, he, it, it tears him up inside, but he, he uh, throws him under the bus. 
I mean, I don't think that they they even executed the, hit that guy in his family, right? Like, I think they were appreciative of the fact, like his reward almost was like, "We'll let you live because you told us that you were hiding Jews under your house." I don't recall the details. I I just remember them shooting, like a a woman or women that were running away from the house. I'm not sure if that was like, I I couldn't remember. I thought that might have mm. been his daughter or something. So I was like, maybe he did get punished. But oh, maybe. Um, it's got but left yeah. up in the air. Yeah, I feel I've, it's been so long. That would be another one to, to revisit. But when we're talking about the the pipe bomb throwing and all that, and like how he kind of botches it, right? So after he he uh, convinces himself that being called Jojo Rabbit isn't a bad thing, and he's like, I'm going to show you how brave I am, and so he he charges back to the, where they're doing like the demonstrations, right, for the the bomb throwing, and then he snatches it out of Sam Rockwell's hand, and he's just like, he's like, oh whatever, like he's already drunk, and he he doesn't even know what's <laughs> going on anyway. Right. So like he yeah he throws it he throws the pipe bomb at the the tree. And it bounces back like literally right in front of him and he's just like oh shisa and then yeah. <laughs> um is is it implied that jojo blows his face open or are the characters in the the movie just pretending like making it over the top like oh you got a couple scars on your face that's hideous that's a good question i think you can go either way but i feel like it was i feel like it was the latter like they're just exaggerating it because they kind of do that, with that everything. too <laughs> i just wasn't sure but um, yeah, I, I was like, man, that'd be kind of for if he actually did blow like his cheek open or whatever, and they had to to stitch it shut. That scar actually wasn't too bad. He only had like what, like one on his cheek and like a couple on his forehead or something. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like relatively yeah. like minor injuries. Yeah, they definitely blew it out of proportion. Maybe it <laughs> like a lot worse when he was unintended. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love the fact that his hideousness in quotes is like a running gag throughout the movie. Like people always just like keep mentioning it, and they're just like, "Oh, oh God, I'm sorry that you look that way." You know. <laughs> well, then again, maybe they thought that way because um, you know any imp- imperfections or impurities or whatever were frowned upon oh maybe you know any deformities disabilities all that stuff you know Mm -hmm. yeah but i thought it was interesting how his mom you know framed it because it's all about how you frame it it's it's it it controls your perception and so she says you know he's like yeah people are going to look at me and think you know people are it's just going to draw more attention to me and she goes she goes enjoy it you know not everybody has that she's all she says i for one am cursed with looking incredibly attractive (laughs) 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 thought that was really cute yeah i I loved the way she you know went about things i wish i had i I was thinking like i wish i i had the the quick wit to be able to come up with the responses that she was coming up with to be able Mm -hmm. to diffuse the situation like Mm -hmm. that you know Mm-hmm. Maybe with time by the by the time he's ten. Oh right, Scarlett yeah. Scarlett's character was masterful at that because I don't True. think she ever really got worked up about anything. You know, no matter no matter how much JoJo was kind of disrespecting her at times. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and and she wouldn't she wouldn't let it get to her, and he just kept like throwing uh, Nazism. Uh, down her throat and he he just kept forcing it and he's just like you you're not on the same level as me you know like i'm trying to embrace uh nazism and you're you're like what are you doing you're not doing anything and she's just like oh whatever like she's just kind of like brushing it off or like at the table she's just like uh okay no more discussing politics at the table and then, <laughs> and then he drops it and then they just have more soup or whatever in some points he's lashing out because he 
kind of misses his father, right? Like his father's not there. And so he's almost taking it out on his mom. And so that's when she, she almost does that like impersonation of the dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and also he knows that she's lying and he is kind of resentful about that because he, you know, he knows she's keeping a Jew in the attic and right. You know, she, she doesn't know that he knows, Mm -hmm. but he knows. And he knows that she doesn't know that he knows. (laughs) 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 Yeah. like the the whole like discovery of Elsa and everything, I love the the reveal of that too because it almost had a a creepy like thriller aspect to it, right? Because he he goes into that room, which was what his his deceased sister's room, mm-hmm. and so they just they have this empty room. Well, not empty, but it's it was set up for his sister, and they just never touched it. It was almost a, a time capsule. Mm-hmm. But he when while he's in there, he notices this strange crack and like scrape marks on the floor and he's like what the fuck and so he takes his uh, his handy knife that he was given during camp and he uses it to to crack open that that door that trap door and he he looks inside he's peeking around and there's this whole like pretty big it's almost like three foot by three foot right pretty decent empty hollow space in the wall and he notices there's like stuff hidden within this this uh little corridor you think like maybe that could be used for storage or something and so he's Mm -hmm. kind of peeking around he sees these creepy dolls and it's all feminine stuff right it's like girly stuff and then he goes further down and he sees feet like human feet and he pans up with this flashlight and or was it it was a candle or something right no it was a flashlight it was a flashlight flashlight. yeah it was one that he kept on his hip oh sure sure and so he he pans up and then that's when he just sees this like girl with like hair in her face and she just says hi <laughs> it like scares the shit out of him you know what's funny though about that is uh and he you know, of course screams and like runs away but uh, <laughs> but you know in that scene you can tell just from her body language she's she's really like pressed back against the wall shoulders up her oh, chin's yeah. down her hair's like you said in her face and she says hi she didn't come off as vicious she wasn't like get out of here and she didn't she like, was very him. much she was guard just, she was on guard she, for sure she like was, she was he was scared well my point is she was she was as scared as he was mm-hmm. as she sat there because her life is hanging in the balance and he thinks his life he thinks he's gonna get killed who the hell is this person here oh you yeah know? she's in survival mode They're the only person that she's mode. she's used to seeing come in that space was jojo's mom you know so when she sees that this little boy is walking in she i feel like she doesn't quite know how to approach it like she's just like right, what should i right. do should i try to like attack him should i just try to be friends with him and hope that you know he's gonna be cool with me like i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 i don't know as lighthearted as the movie can be at times it is kind of raw you know and so you you feel that Imagine the life of being a fugitive and like this is your life. You're just always stuck in this little hole in the wall and you can't ever go out. You barely get food and water, you know, like that fucking sucks. And, and it, you're right. You're, you're a fugitive, but it's like if you were to set foot outside anywhere, it's like it's lava, we'll say. You're, you're dead. You're toast, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you're always on edge. You 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 figure that this is okay for now, and you know I'm surviving. Like, who knows how long she was in there? Like a year or something, right? And I imagine she was just constantly in fight or flight mode. You know that must have been so stressful. Right, so stressful, which is why he deserved that slap across the face when he lied to her and said that they had that Germany had won. (laughs) Oh yeah, it was totally deserved for sure. Yeah, and he even says that I. 
I think I deserve that. <laughs> and you know how like she she was kind of, you know, she's trying to make friends with this little boy because if she, she figures that if she can befriend him, then well, on top of the fact that she can use any ally she can get, um, she can actually earn a little bit more freedom. She can like come out of the wall a little bit more often, you know, and then she I don't think she she rushes anything. She she paces it pretty well. She's like, OK, well, I'll I'll start slow. I'll like talk to him through the wall first and then eventually, you know, maybe I'll like have the door open and then we'll just talk from he'll he'll be in the doorway. I'll be in my little like doorway of this nook and then we'll just talk from across the room and then eventually like maybe um, I can like sit on the bed, you know, while he's like in the doorway. And so she I think she's slowly like earning a little bit more and more freedom and, you know, as he gets more comfortable having her around and. And yeah. I think Jojo also develops this this method of or, or an excuse to interact with her more, right? By creating that journal, the Yuhu Jew or whatever, mm-hmm, to collect mm-hmm. intelligence about Jews so that he can right. provide useful information to the Nazis or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that was definitely an excuse to interact with her. Right, but it's it's also um, explained in earlier before he actually truly befriends her he and hitler discuss that he needs to do this um and i forget what it was i I forget the reasoning why but i know that he i think he was trying to gain some respect wasn't he i don't know about respect i just know he was trying to lull her he was trying to befriend her so that he could lull her somehow as as how hitler told him to do it lull (laughs) her into his confidence and then betray her somehow but Mm -hmm. it was in some way maybe even his own way now looking back getting real meta it was his own way of of getting him his subconscious to justify him befriending this girl. Yeah, because it, like Adolf's in his subconscious, right? So it's it's almost like Adolf is attacking Jojo for befriending a Jew, but he's also giving him a reason to befriend her, you know, so that way he can earn her trust and then gain valuable information or whatever, but did he ever plan on actually trying to out her or was he just using this as a tool to like get to know her. It was no, you're right. There was no plan for, for anything outside of just, uh, just, I don't know, tricking her somehow. But, and you know, it's funny, you brought up how she did all those, how she slowly became more comfortable, but that's what it was. He wanted to have happen in the first place was for her to become more comfortable. We never really get it from her perspective that she's getting to sit on the bed now or the chair. It's almost as though it's a function of her feeling comfortable with him. She just does Mm. do these things and sits on the bed and he's like, Hey, get off the bed or whatever, you know, (laughs) that's my sister's bed. Get off. Right. Right. Well, I don't know if you guys recall, you know, that scene by the pool when they were talking about he was asking how, um, you know, to identify a, a Jew or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at some point they're like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if there was a book about this. And that was <laughs> right. when he decided to write the book. That's mm. what it is. And yeah, so that's, that's why right. he was trying to befriend her so he can, you know, gain that intelligence, there earn her is. trust and gain that intelligence for his book. And then it becomes more of just hanging out with her. That, he he uh, comes up with the idea during the pool scene. Is that what? When yeah. he does it. Right. That's what and, and what I thought was funny about the pool scene too was uh with Adolf, like how he he pops up in different scenarios, but it's like comical. Like oh he's like underwater gosh. in a, like a swimsuit. So, so good. So good. <laughs> but yet he still has like a pistol in hand, like while he's swimming. Oh my gosh. It's so dumb, but it's awesome at the same time. Yeah. So brilliant. So I can brilliant. imagine him coming up with that. It's just so in a swimsuit. Funny. He can be swimming around in there. And he can still be holding a gun. Yeah. 
Right. He has like a swim cap on so he can protect his like perfectly combed hair. Right, right. Perfectly quaffed. <laughs> but he's like looking all dour still. He's just like Oh, he's like still on grimacing. edge. Like he's like looking yeah, he's looking yeah. for Jews or whatever uh-huh, in the water. Uh-huh. <laughs> like we're we're doing this exercise here. We're on we're on it. We're got to be serious, you know. It's it's almost like a secret mission. Um what what did you guys think of JoJo's relationship with Elsa overall? Like how it evolves and everything, how it starts, how it evolves. I thought it was so wholesome and cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it doesn't start that way. But just like the, you know, the way his heart changes and stuff, or or I guess uh, maybe How do you know emerges. what love is? Oh, you, ju- you just feel it. It's like butterflies in your stomach, and then actually shows it that. shows the butterflies, yeah, because yeah, that's how he imagines it, probably. And he looks <laughs> at the yeah, camera, I mean, and he knows. He doesn't deny it. He knows he, it. He thinks he's doing the right thing, and, um, you know, he, he realizes that, I think he realizes that it's, it's a lot more than that. It's not just as simple as, you know, Jews and not kind of thing. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. becomes, you know, wholesome little ten-year-old puppy love, which is very Aww. cute. Yeah, it's that boyhood crush, right? And it's it's so it's so innocent because he. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because it none. It's not sexual by any nature, right? He just he genuinely likes having her around. He likes talking to her, and he likes being in 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 her company, and. He likes learning about her, you know. He, I, I feel like he finds her very charming. Yeah, it's it's love. It's very kind of at its purest because um, he won't. He hasn't really hit puberty yet either, so mm-hmm. he doesn't know what that's all about. The sex isn't hasn't even come into the picture yet, so it's just purely about those feelings, those love. Just feelings. who she is. Like he, he just likes her for her, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was cute that um, you know when he was started writing the quote unquote letters from Nathan, <laughs> she knew damn well that they weren't from Nathan because she knew he was dead. Uh-huh. But she would keep asking to tell him, you know, if you find any more of those letters, you know, Send please them read them way. to me. Yeah. So <laughs> my thing was with that, I felt like that was that was almost like walking on thin ice because that could either be awesome or that could be like very hurtful you know because that was a real person that was very close to her that is no longer there you she doesn't reveal until towards the end of the movie that yeah my boyfriend or my fiance um has actually been dead this whole time but you know and it seemed like she was still kind of getting over that you know it, it was still pretty painful to In talk a about sense, but i think she was i think he basically had two very strong women in his life in that movie uh because just like his mom didn't take anything personally as well. Mm-hmm. She didn't take anything personally. So she knew that Nathan's death was separate from anything this boy would say and that he was entirely ignorant of who Nathan even was. But to think that this boy would, <laughs> would write these letters to her, she wasn't yeah. really thinking this is anything Nathan would say. You know, you don't get the sense that that's what anything that he said was, was what Nathan would say. But she could just... Um... So at first, I think it was hurtful because he, he right, wanted right. to to like tell Elsa, hey, I met someone else. I'm moving on. So you're screwed. Right. But then he, you know, she got she got offended by it and she went back into her, her little cubby and, and Jojo recognized it and he felt bad that he made her feel bad. So he, he wrote another letter and he was like, hey, disregard that previous letter, you know, whatever. And then that's what starts that relationship, like how right. he just comes up with these fake letters from, from the boyfriend. And it's almost like he uses that as like the middleman to like convey to Elsa what he's feeling, pretending to be her boyfriend. This like I know, fictional I was cute, person. Like, towards which, the end, they were friends. Jojo and Nathan were friends, and he's like, "Uh, Jojo and I have you know <laughs> come up with a way to help you escape and this and that." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Right, right. They're working together now. 
We were enemies at first, but now, yeah, now we're allies. It's like exactly. Joe just started writing letters to Nathan himself or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been corresponding no, separately. It's so good. It's, it's in a cute. way, it's like that. T- it takes the place that his discussions with her take the place of his discussions with himself as Hitler. So mm. it's like, yeah, because he appears less and less. And, and at some yeah. point, you know, Hitler yeah. starts getting jealous Right, and that which is hilarious when he gets he gets on his case and he's like he's laying in his bed or whatever and yes. he, like just like lets him have it and then Hitler does lets him have it and then he goes is it weird between us now and he's like uh, none of this should be weird yeah. <laughs> none of this right. should be weird Hitler in your bed it's just such a it's so funny and he's like so over oversized for that bed like he's yes, he's propped exactly. up so he's like sitting upright but like his legs take up the entirety of the bed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so it's so good. But but yeah, that's it it's him moving out of this very um subjective way of seeing the world and starting to see it as it really is. He, he's maturing, right? Like he's he's, he's starting to expand his his mind and his knowledge about like what's going on around right, him. Right, exactly. Exactly. He's thinking again. Um which anyway, it's just I thought that that was it's such a thoughtful movie. It really is. It's it's so there's so many messages. Yeah, it was really well done. So much, so many messages deep deep in that movie. Um, and aren't we all at some point ignorant like that? How we see the world, even and even talking about how earlier when we were discussing like thinking that we wouldn't that you guys wouldn't watch movies any you know earlier than 1989 or, mm-hmm. or 88 or whatever. And you, sure. you guys were born. It's just uh, we we can be so myopic when we think we know the way the world is it's somehow like especially at a certain age we when we're really young we just take things as they are and we're just exploring we're so curious but then there comes a point when we're going into adolescence where we start to just live by the rules and we think that because we do those rules that society taught us or that our parents taught us that we uh that we we feel confident we feel comfortable we know the world uh, and it makes sense to us because this is just how it is but um it's kind of scary to start to think outside of that and realize that the world is much bigger than how we conceived of it, you know, mm-hmm. beforehand. So it's, uh, but it's so, so brave of him to, to question those things, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a really good movie. I don't know. I just was floored by that. With, uh, with Elsa and, and Jojo, um, I, I felt like they had a lot of similarities, but they just hadn't discovered that yet. You know, like I felt like Jojo kind of had, his guard up and then Elsa had her guard up and mm-hmm. um, they're both going through a lot. And he, you know, he's obviously he's being fed like this, this bullshit and the propaganda and all that stuff. And, you know, he, he will occasionally offend her because he was just like, uh, I forgot what he said that like made her go back into the cubby. Like she's like telling him like, yeah, we got like scales and whatever. And he's just like, Oh, and you guys, uh, you guys are like ugly people or something like that. Right. Like yeah, you, you guys like ugly things. Cause she's like, Oh, we like beautiful things like crystals and gold and whatever and shiny things. And then he's like, Oh, and you also like ugly things. Right. And Cause, she cause that's what we're taught. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's well, just like, this fucking bullshit again. Kind, she kind of does. But when I, but having seen it last night, the, the what happens is, he has a, this moment of introspection when he, after he, after he says those words and yeah, she does look a little miffed for a second mm-hmm. and she kind of like looks down. He looks over at the mirror and sees his ugly face or what he thinks is ugly face. So then he sees that she loves him. You guys love ugly things. Yeah. And so by definition, that's what Brenda brought up. I watched it with Brenda that's and so she was true. like, he, 
She she was like, I think he mentioned that because he thinks of himself as being hideous. And so he wanted to say like, hey, well, you guys also like ugly things too, right? So maybe you might like me. Well, it's more I feel like, like – I feel like he didn't realize what he was saying until after he said it. Precisely. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Because he looks at his face and he, then he feels he's immediately like, oh. guilty for saying that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. Oh, she loves me, too. And because it was through his own reasoning that he said this, he believes it, too. So he's like, well, I can't deny that. You guys like ugly things. <laughs> therefore, love ugly things. Therefore, you must love me. And then he just kind of like puts his head down and then the scene cuts away. So, yeah. Dang. I don't know. It's brilliant. It's yeah, such a good movie. It's such a complex relationship, right? Because it's like they – these are people that shouldn't get along, but like it's it's just so organic, you know? And and who's to say they shouldn't get along? And it's society that's saying they shouldn't get along. And that's the sad part about it. Right. It's one very specific society that's saying that. Exactly. And There's, there's so much working against them when it's like they're putting so much effort into – discriminate against people and like hating people and it's like for what you know and it's Mm -hmm. just yeah they're just brainwashed it's 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 one man's belief you know and he just managed to convince all these other people and it's 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 sad to think about right right but i mean if you think about because you're talking about how society uh said it wasn't okay i just can't help but imagine if those two kids had been in um america a german Mm -hmm. and a jewish girl how none of that shit would have mattered, you know, cause society does, our society wouldn't have yeah. given a shit about that. It wouldn't have even been a big deal. Yeah. And it's, right. it's crazy to think that it's, it's just like, these are people that are products of their environment. That's a, yeah. It's like they, what we just, all are, man. yeah, they're taught to, <laughs> to not like a certain type of person. And so that's just like what everyone accepts. And, and it's okay to think that way. And then you, you can go to a completely different country and there's like, we don't fucking care, you know. That's not a big deal to us. Yeah. Granted, I mean, America was we had our own issues, so with right. like the Civil War. Right? Oh yeah, we're not. We're not, yeah, certainly we're not. We're not perfect at all yeah. by any stretch. But that was that that that's the level of discrimination, or at least between Jewish and German, was not. Mm. We have racism instead, and uh, yeah, I mean, well, Nazis were basically like racist towards like everyone pretty else, much any group. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> pretty much toward any group. Yeah. Now I got to I got to bring up the the running theme throughout the movie which was they focused a lot on JoJo's mom's shoes and that mm-hmm. was by design. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is right such a it. man that was such a sad scene. And my thing did you guys notice like how they kept showing her feet a lot in the movie. I feel like I didn't initially and when recognize she was dancing it. and stuff like that. Yeah, she's on the rock. She's on that wall. She, yeah, she was on that ledge dancing, or whatever. Doing little movements with her feet. And yeah. at the pool, like she's she's like on the bleachers, but and she's like a, a couple steps up. So her feet are in frame and like Jojo's body's in frame. And then she kind of like eventually steps down and starts talking to him. And so they, you know, they kept showing her feet. They wanted you to recognize the shoes that she wore. Right. Man, that was it was so sad too because this was right when Jojo, I think he discovers that he he loves Elsa, right? Or he's like getting really close with her and he's bonding with her. Right. And so That's he's in it. a good mood and he's he went to go get groceries or whatever. He's walking through the the market, the town center, and um, he sees that butterfly, right? And so he's like following it and he follows it to like the center of town and he just, he kind of, his focus is down towards the ground. So he's like just looking down across the street, not even looking both ways. So he could have gotten his ass ran over. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he like puts the the bag of groceries down and he's, you know, he watches that, the butterfly fly away and then he like stands back up 
And I was like, no fucking way. Are you serious? And you see the shoes like hanging mm. next to him. And they mm. like touch his shoulder and he like glances over. And I was like, holy shit, that's so fucked up. It was yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. And his reaction. Just hugging like, him. Gutted me. Dude, that Gutted. was such a... And then he tried to tie her shoe. Oh, man. Yeah. That whole sequence was masterful. I loved every bit of like how he directed that. Because I was not expecting it at all. It caught me completely off guard. Same, same. I thought this is this same. kind of movie. That quick reveal, like you don't you don't ever really get to see like a wide shot of her hanging, right? It's just enough to know that like when you see her feet dangling, mm-hmm. like they do at the end, dead. but it's like from behind. Oh, is it? At the end of the scene, yeah. Yeah, like a little bit more establishing up. shot, yeah, where you see you see her, but you can't really make out her face because it is so far back. But oh, and it's, sure, over, sure. it's over her shoulder, so it's kind of from behind. Yeah, it's from behind, yeah, so you can't And they even foreshadowed that scene earlier in the movie, right? When they're walking by and, you know, Jojo doesn't, because he's always just kind of looking at the ground or whatever. And he's talking to his mom. They're walking through town center and then she just stops. He like almost like runs into her. And then uh, they look and they see the people hanging, right? And he's like, "Well, what's going on?" And she's like, "Well, you know, these are these are the the resistance fighters." And he or tries to look away, and he she's like, "No, look!" And he's like, "What this. did they do?" And she's like, "What they could." Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so that was a hint that like she kind of felt for these people. She she may not be what she exactly. seems, you know. And then um, when he's going around. And he's instructed to collect scrap metal or whatever to make uh, ammunition uh, for the military. And he he has like that robot suit on, that cardboard suit on. Um, Jojo's mom doesn't even realize. She like kind of walks right in front of him and doesn't realize that's Jojo. And she puts that little piece of paper down and he he walks up to it because he's like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, why is she acting all shady? And so he walks over and he sees that it was it was like a, a sign for the resistance. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's when he starts to to realize like, holy shit, like she's like against like Nazi Germany. That's crazy. I didn't even think like mm-hmm. uh, like that going on. You know, I thought like my mom was all for this. Right. I thought she supported me and and like just Adolf Hitler and everything that was going on. You you kind of get a sense that when they they reveal that she's part of the resistance, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if things are going to end well for her. I thought maybe she would get like shot or something, you know, at some point. Like maybe she would like sacrifice herself to save JoJo. But man, like you don't you don't ever really see how she gets caught or found out. You know, they someone must have caught wind of it, and she was executed for it. Right, right. I was kind of afraid when he revealed to his little friend that his friend was going to tattle oh. on her, but um, uh, but obviously that wasn't the case. They they seemed to have already been on to her, and when they asked him like, "Has your mom been pretty busy?" You know, is your mom is your mom in the house much? And he's like, "Well, she has been pretty busy." Oh, so it, they so they allude they, to her, oh, they his mom her. also possibly being part of it. What? No, 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 not not no, your kids. I'm sorry, I'm talking about. Are you talking about the? The inspectors or whatever that come on. Yeah, yeah, the Gestapo when oh, the Gestapo sure, come. Sure. Um, they are asking him. So they're already on to her, her irrespective of the of the little boy, of little Yorkie, at the, whom I thought <laughs> was going to tattle on her, but didn't give two shits. It was just like, whatever. He didn't really reveal it. He's just like the most wholesome yeah. little guy. Yeah, such a good little guy. <laughs> Dude, how, how unimposing yet intimidating was uh steven merchant's gestapo character like that oh, dude i really even was. though he was a he was a villain i i really liked his performance 
when uh he, they he, you know they walk in and yeah. it's like he's like hello you know can we come in the house or whatever and it, they're basically they look like men in black essentially they're gestapo's right. are like they kind of almost look like aliens like they're yeah, all tall and slender and mm-hmm. kind of scary yeah and, and have these like, like little, really like, like fake like something. overdone smiles and everything and yeah. but the gestapo's mm-hmm. are, just tearing the up gestapo's are like the nazi's secret police squatter right from mm-hmm. my understanding so mm-hmm. yeah they i guess they just have this authority to be able to like uh enter people's houses whether they they're yeah, whether they're allowed or not and their their sole purpose is to just smoke out jews right because if you resist then you must obviously be hiding sure. something so that's why they're just given carte blanche but yet Stephen merchant's character was trying to be polite and he was like really smiling and everything with his like <laughs> eyes all wide open but dude that guy is yeah. fucking tall is he like a six six or what he's up there yeah he's, he's like really tall, tall slender <laughs> yeah it was such an interesting role um and again just so well cast everything was so so mm-hmm. well done because he, he wasn't so he wasn't like two-dimensional you know he wasn't just like this dude who uh was in there to just be a total dick, you know, kind of was, but like he was, there was something likable about him mm-hmm. still, you know, the way it came across. Oh yeah. And even, um, Sam Rockwell's character, cause he shows up, I think he, he sees what's happening and he like takes it upon himself to, right. to kind of like intervene and like join. He's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just here to kind of help you guys out, you know, but he wants to, he wants to protect Jojo. That's like top priority for him. And, uh, cause he mm-hmm. had some sort of relationship with the mom. I don't know what that relationship was but like it seemed like he was really close to her and and so in turn he was really close to jojo right right because uh, you know in, i think two things that you can i think it basically is alluding to him being homosexuals you know okay. so he he is like under un, he's like kind of under the radar though because because of the outfit I, that he's yeah, got and because too. there was a look there was a there was especially that look between him and the guy that played the guy that was you know mm-hmm. Theon Greyjoy Alfie or whatever Allen. when they're standing at, what's his name Alfie Allen Alfie Allen yeah when he and, right right when Alfie he and Alfie Allen are looking at each other and they have like this really long almost like they're gonna kiss type of look like they they stand yeah. there because he, he apologizes to Alfie because he says he was really he was he knows he was really curt with him and so he apologizes to him mm-hmm. and and Alfie just kind of says like it's okay you know. Uh, that he understood and then they stand there looking at each other like it's about to happen and then they look away yeah but i noticed they're always that too. in tow with one another and notice that he he not only made a costume for himself that he drew <laughs> but he also drew one for alfie's character and they both That's were wearing their respective crayons <laughs> yeah they were always going to be together so and i'm saying this only because obviously homosexuals were outlawed as well in oh, yeah. nazi germany and so there's a pl- he's got his own inner turmoil for being mm. who he is and having his sexual orientation and n- knowing what it's like to be afraid for their, for your life and to have to sure, be yeah. in hiding. And maybe, in maybe he would have, maybe he wanted to be part of the resistance, but couldn't because of his status. He's like too high ranking or something. He couldn't risk, yeah. yeah. He couldn't risk, uh, risk that, you know? Right. Right. So although he, he seemed to be begrudgingly demoted at the same time, he was probably pleased to not have to be on the front lines, killing people, um, for a cause he didn't really fully believe in. Right, right. Yeah, and then how he didn't out Elsa. Yeah, so so Stephen Merchant's character, uh, Dirtz, I think his name was, went, how how nervous were you guys when he goes into the, or he, he goes upstairs and then doesn't Elsa, she like reveals herself as being Jojo's sister. And so he's just like, mm, okay. And so he, he kind of like tests her, right? He's like trying to see if he can pull From the moment it. Elsa revealed herself, oh, it, it, the whole thing was nerve wracking. Like my hands are yeah. sweating thinking about it. Oh, dude, I right, was the same way. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is she doing? 
<laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was. I I, I figured that's her play. I mm. figured they looked so similar, and they alluded to that earlier. Gosh, she she looks like she looks just like her. She she did um, huh? a little bit, right? From like the so, photos that they showed. Exactly. So then her being up there, and yeah, um, I had a feeling. Well, because because he just shows up unannounced for no reason. Um, Sam Rockwell's character. Mm. I had a feeling he was there to protect him. So when they go upstairs. You're, it's kind of 50-50. You're like, is he there to protect them or is he there to what's – he, what's he really there how, for? How far when, is when he, he allowed her- to go to protect them? You know what I mean? Like if it, if it gets too deep, I, I feel like is he is he really going to like st- uh, stay on their side or is he going to have to like eventually just carry out his, his role? I, you're right. And I just – you get the sense that he's there to kind of run – to run um, – he's, he's directing uh, the, their attention away from the kids I feel like. He, he's kind of like trying to like get them to like, all right, see you guys. There's nothing, to, there's nothing here and then let's go. Trying to, trying to just to like get them to, to move along quickly. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's there to run interference is the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. So he's just there to like kind of deflecting, call, right? drive a wedge. Yeah. Deflect like, Oh yeah. Just look the other way. Look at this. Don't look behind the curtain kind of thing, but try not to make it too obvious, but he kind of made it obvious. The fact that he just kind of blows in and there's, Oh, here we are. Oh, Oh yeah. What are you guys doing here? Huh? <laughs> and they're definitely Stephen Merchant's character is highly suspicious. Oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, then, so when he, when he hands her that pamphlet, of course I was, my heart was in my throat, you know, and, oh, and, it was like a passport or something, not the right? pamphlet, but the passport, yeah, right? Yeah. Her papers. So when she spouts off the, the the date, I was kind of half expecting her to say later on that it was the wrong date anyway, because mm. that would definitely show that, if nothing else, that he was complicit in their being there, in her being there, okay, and that he might then therefore be of a different sexual orientation. Do you know what I mean? That I was like, oh, that yeah, was, that would make sense. Like, would, I didn't. Why would he protect? Obviously, her otherwise? he was trying to help her, yeah. but. I didn't connect that until you mentioned it. It's good. Yeah, that was so, a crazy reveal. Like when he he like reads the birthday or whatever, and she gets it. And I'm like, I was like, what's the chance of her like actually memorizing the birthday? But then like when Stephen Merchant tries to like, he's just like, he's like, wait a second. And then that's when um you see Sam like he's just like fuck, you know, like cats out the bag now. And and he's gonna oh, he's yeah, gonna he, pass he, it. Like, yeah, he's gonna like it hand over. it over to him. And then yeah. Stephen Merchant keep like keeps walking, and he picks up. Yuhu Ju instead, like the the journal, right? That uh, JoJo's been been writing, right, right, and, right. and he's like flipping through it. It's almost like a picture book, and he he and the rest of the Gestapo's are just like chuckling. They're like, "Oh, this is great stuff. I love it." And I was like, "Holy fuck!" Right? Because it's so pro. It's <laughs> it's so pro Nazi that it just yeah. is endearing. Like, oh, of course, who? Why would they lie to us? They're they're totally for this. Yeah, it was know? such a close call. Right, they're not aware of their mom's mm. doings, so to speak, because they obviously were aware of them. They're they're just looking for proof, tearing yep. up the house. And almost felt like they they thought like that was proof enough. They're like, okay, these kids are these kids are growing up right. They're doing this like little all these little cute doodles about like hating Jews and whatever. And so yeah, like we don't have anything to worry mm-hmm, about. They're mm-hmm. not hating Jews here. End up leaving, right. but you know they they tell them too. <laughs> on top of the fact that they're like oh god like <laughs> you're hideous you know again like they like bring it up but yeah they're just like yeah this is good stuff like i'm gonna <laughs> right, i'm right. gonna read the rest of it once you're done with it and they like hand it back to him right exactly i mean i think he even said something about how oh, the low blow <laughs> to bring up his hideousness his, his hideous face <laughs> like that's too much that's too far don't don't yeah he, he just like says it so nonchalant. he's just like well <laughs> while your face may be hideous you know <laughs> <laughs> just like how they kept like just twisting that knife i loved it well (laughs) unfortunately gentlemen i have to go help get the kids ready for bed now 
Tower Bs, I guess. Well, I guess in that case. Yeah, it was it was already like after that point, um the the war it finds itself right at right at the doorstep and there's like fireworks or not fireworks, there's like cannons and stuff going on in the background and and then eventually like it there's like it's like ground zero, right? And that's when Sam Rockwell shout out to that bad motherfucker again, you know, he's rocking his floor, flamboyant yeah. cape and everything. <laughs> His amazing uniform. Yeah, with eyeliner, <laughs> oh, he by did. the way. Nice. Also wearing eyeliner. Uh, yeah. The whole thing was just, the whole thing was great. It was, it was badass, that, yeah. that, that might have been my favorite part. It was just <laughs> so, such a great reveal. It was, it was. I, was like, I can't believe he actually brought that to life. Yeah, just so regal too in slow motion with and everything. Pose. Like yeah. standing on the hill, looks back. He's got like a cigarette in his mouth and stuff. It was just so, it was so great. And it was then so great. Just how it he's was. so selfless, you know, taking his coat, taking jojo's coat off like ripping it off him and then like spitting at him and telling him to go and he yeah. spares, spares little jojo because oh, yeah. that's what he wanted to do the whole time for whatever reason having that relationship with the mom and also knowing that man got yeah blown up for crying out loud so just like the way that he he went out of his way to protect jojo because jojo is still kind of he's just in shock like with everything that's going on you know um i almost feel like he's a little shell shocked too because there's like explosions going on around him well right and that's i think that's what's so important about this as as we're tying it up here at the end but um in the end he then gets to see the very thing that he was glorifying and gets to see it for what it really is he gets hit with the rawness of what what warfare really does look like with the explosions with the blood with people being killed and dismembered and he's in sh- he's shell-shocked from the explosions not so much from and he finds fear, out that his just, finding out that his hero killed himself mm. oh yeah finding out that hitler yeah oh, right, right. Tells him. yeah little yorkie reveals oh and let's too, let's not forget right? that that comical scene where Yorkie is like carrying that rocket launcher and then he he like drops it to wave to Jody he's like hey Jojo and then like he sets off the rocket and it like blows up that building <laughs> again with the right, humor right. at the very end of the movie I loved it nuts even then right just like a dark dark humor uh, but it, it does give him a taste of what it was he was seeking so desperately to to be to want to be this soldier. Then he, he gets it, it comes to his doorstep, and when he when he gets a taste of it, mm-hmm. he realizes he didn't like it at yep. all. And then yeah, the end of Horrified. the end of the movie when uh, yeah um, the the war ends and Germany Nazi Germany <laughs> lost, and uh, Jojo actually doesn't tell Elsa that Nazis were were uh, defeated. He tells her that it was actually the other way around and that the Nazi Germany won the war. What do you guys think of that? Yeah. I feel like that's such a 10-year-old thing to do. Right. Like but- that was, you know, in his brain, that was like the smartest thing that he could do to keep her there in his life. You right. know what I mean? To keep her in his life. Right. With the 10-year-old logic. Right, he loves her, but also I mean, she's all he had at that point. Right, right. Not, doesn't know where his mom is, but he's also in love with her too. As much as yeah. I was, I was glad that he yeah. didn't but, keep yeah. up with that lie, though. Like he, I, I thought for sure that was going to lead to like her having to like hide more in in the house and in the walls or whatever. But it wasn't long like after because he kind of comes to his senses and he's yeah. like, you know what, I can't do this to her. And so he eventually he's like, you know what, I got an idea. And so that's when he tells her, a hey, we're going to leave, like we're going to go. And She's like, are you sure? Like, is it safe? And he's like, trust me. And so, yeah. He's like, Nathan and I have come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. you know like do what you did like when you're pretend my sister it pretend to be my sister yeah do all that and so you know she's just gonna like play that role and she goes outside and she realizes that the war is over and she's just yeah she's like in shock mm-hmm. and i felt like that slap that she gave him was was well deserved it was well yeah. deserved but it was like 
it was it was her anger, but it wasn't that she stopped loving him because then she stands yeah. there and they dance like mm-hmm. she said she would. When yeah, they, that was when what was she over. was talking about. Like when early in the movie, he says, well, if the war were to end, like, what, like, what would you do? And she was like, I would dance like I just want to all she dreams about something so simple. Like, I just want the freedom to be able to dance, you know, and then she finally gets to do that at the end of the movie. And they're like kind of like dancing together. And I, I thought that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. It was perfect because doesn't his mom at some point say something about, um, you know, if you mm. if you can dance, it shows that you're free or something something along those right. lines. Right, his mom does say that. That's right. So he dances, and, and so yeah, it was it was a perfect uh, perfect way to end the movie. I yeah, think. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. They just dance. Well, that's a wrap, folks. If you made it to the end of our podcast, then you just won yourself a free hug from Yorkie. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts or closing comments? I think we all agree. Overall, great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. I thought that movie was Solid. average. <laughs> no, it was. It's good for being the only World War II movie out there. <laughs> the only yes. one out there that anyone oh, can think more. of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing to really compare it to, so because there are so few or none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just you know it was such a charming and and endearing, but like a whimsical oh, and yeah. unusual movie. You know, yeah. I think that's what made it fascinating and refreshing to me. Was like it was it's just like both endearing and and uh fantastical at the same time yeah it almost had to be told from a child's perspective to be to to, to be able to be so whimsical yeah to get those, to to get those points across in the right. way that they did without it just being another really depressing world war ii movie you know that doesn't exist mm-hmm. that don't exist right another one of those that don't exist <laughs> yes very much so yes but no it was a pleasure this has been affliction oz podcast episode seven jojo rabbit Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.